Hi there, it's Melvin. Just wanted to take a moment to thank the team over at Thryzer for supporting this month's podcast sessions. Thryzer is a payment platform that you have to check out if you are a private pay therapist and accepting out-of-network benefits. It basically helps clients save on therapy up front. Thryzer can help verify a client's out-of-network benefit ahead of the first session so that they get transparency up front on what their out-of-pocket costs will be. I'll tell you more about Thryzer here in the middle of our session, but if you go to sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, you actually and then enter the code STC upon sign up, you get your first $2,500 in fees waived. Again, that's over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, and be sure to enter the promo code STC. So we'll jump right into today's podcast session. Hey, this is Melvin. We're actually on break from the Selling the Couch podcast, but I thought it would be fun just to share some of the most popular episodes as well as some of my most favorite episodes from uh, Selling the Couch. We've had over 200 episodes now, and I know that for me, listening to some of these old episodes, I always pick up something and learn something new. So I hope that you enjoy today's session. Before we do get to today's session, I just wanted to encourage you to check out the Selling the Couch directory if you haven't had a chance. Basically, the directory makes it easier for us to connect and support one another as we grow our businesses. So after you register and you sign up, you create a profile that lets us know more about your practice, the good work that you're doing in the world, uh, the unique niches that you serve, niches beyond just a traditional DSM diagnosis, groups and workshops and retreats and areas of consultation, all of those different things. And after you fill that out. It's actually way uh, easier than it sounds, but uh, after you fill it out, your practice gets placed on a Google map. That way, fellow couchies can find you in order to cross-refer clients. If they need a consult on a certain area, they can do that as well. One of the things that we actually have been working on that I'm just like really excited about with this recent update is we created a custom cross-refer tool. So if you look on any of these online communities, a lot of times you'll see, you you know, hey, I'm looking for a clinician that lives in this area that accepts this insurance that, you know, works with millennials. And so we thought, why not just make it easy and create a tool to do this? So you basically can run just some filters so you can, you know, ask questions like that. And you click just a a number of different things and you get search results and it makes the process of just cross-referring a lot easier. You can learn more about the directory over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash direct and please enter the promo code podcast for your first month absolutely free. We'll get right to today's session. Here we go. Before we get to today's podcast session, I just wanted to thank the folks over at Their Nest for being supporters of this month's podcast and today's podcast episode. Their Nest, if you guys haven't heard of them, they're an electronic health records company and they make the process of writing case notes a lot easier. Things get stored online. You're able to access things like scheduling with clients and writing case notes and all of those different things from the convenience of your laptop or your cell phone. You can learn more about Their Nest and uh, some of the awesome work they're doing in the world over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Their Nest. And that actually gives you a couple of weeks for free and then a discount code as well. 
Hello, hello. Welcome to session 139 of Selling the Couch. Hope you are having a fantastic start to your day. And if you are in a part of the country where you're experiencing fall, I hope that fall looks fantastic for you. I'm recording this actually about a week before Halloween, and I just kept thinking, my gosh, I can't believe Halloween is here. And it's just amazing, I think to think about the start of this year and think about all the dreams and hopes that I had for SDC. And it's just been neat to see so many things come true and just things that I never expected to happen have happened. And I think as STC continues to grow, I think one of the things that I'm trying to just trying to stay in always a space of just being grateful through the ups and downs of this journey. I actually wanted to do a solo episode because this topic that I wanted to just share and reflect on is something that I have struggled with and I continue to struggle with in STC. And I know as I build out STC and as I build private practice and just think a lot about my career, which is this idea of chasing the shiny objects. And so these are whether it's the decision to go on a certain social media platform or add a service or a product or whatever it is. And, you know, when I create these solo episodes, sometimes if you guys have noticed these episodes, some of them are just me teaching stuff I've learned. And other ones are episodes like this, where I just try to just be transparent. I think especially as STC has grown, I think one of the things I realize more and more is how little I know. And in many ways, how challenging the day-to-day grind of being an entrepreneur and being a clinician and all of those things are. So if anything, I just wanted to encourage you more than anything with this episode. And I wanted to actually just start at a a place of where I think this will resonate for all of us, which is that all of us have been online or maybe even offline. We've seen people that we admire A lot of times it's our colleagues. We've seen them launch new services, add staff to their practices. We've seen them launch courses. Maybe we've seen them land paid gigs, you know, uh, whether it is for workshops or retreats or all of those things. And it's, I don't know what it's like for you, but like in for me, if I'm being completely honest, there are definitely times where it's easy for me to think, my gosh, how are they doing that? And why can't I do that? Two recent examples, just in the interest of full transparency. Well, one was actually an example from the early days of STC. When I first started STC, I knew that the idea of being on social media as a way to to build a platform, and that was probably a good idea because a lot of people are on social media and, you know, it's just a great vehicle to build a, a platform, right? And one of the mistakes that I made was I decided that I wanted to be on five different platforms. So I believe, I'm just thinking offhand, so I was on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Pinterest, and Instagram. And with a couple of those, I actually tried to start all of those at one time. And it just got so, so overwhelming. And even recently, one of the things that I actually used to offer, and it's actually not on the website, it's kind of an unadvertised thing, but I usually used to offer a paid kind of mastermind or a think tank for podcasters that wanted to monetize their podcast. And I've done a couple of versions of this mastermind and actually decided to take some time off 
off from doing that for a season because I just wanted to focus on some of the other projects that I have on the horizon, you know, namely the STC directory and at least building out my practice to a level that that kind of makes sense of my life. And actually, just as I record this, about one day before I recorded this, someone that had been in the mastermind prior posted this this really like very sweet and thoughtful note about, you know, how they launched their product and how it's been able to help people and how, you know, it was just great things that happened to it. And as a result of the mastermind and a couple of folks were like, oh my gosh, this mastermind sounds amazing. When can I start it back up, right? So, oh, you know, how can I join or whatever? And there was a moment for me, if I'm being honest, where I just thought, man, I got to jump right back into that again. And, but I know at this season of life, that's actually not a smart idea at all because I have enough on my plate as is. And the last thing I need to be doing is trying to add more. And this idea of being the shiny object syndrome, right? The chasing the thing that seems to bring that instant sort of gratification or something that, you know, there's a sense of discontentment or something, maybe uneasiness, maybe we feel in our businesses. I think it affects many of us. I've seen it in our community in small and big ways, you know, as as people share things. And as I was doing research on just this idea of shiny object syndrome, there's just interesting stuff, right? And I was reflecting on, you know, reading articles and, and reflecting on things. And there were a couple of negative effects, right? And on us and our businesses that come from shiny object syndrome, right? The first thing is we end up not finishing projects that we actually start. So we'll start something with a lot of passion, a lot of intent. And then we, as soon as we see something else that kind of we captures our imaginations or captures our eye, we'll go to that next thing, right? The next related to this is then we end up spending money and time almost carelessly, right? So everything, I think, no matter what, you know, you may find online, I feel like to create any sort of a product, whether it's a digital product, or it's a live product, like, you know, like, for us, you know, if we're offering, you know, individual therapy, or couples counseling, whatever it is, right, it's all of that takes time and money. And it's so easy in this idea of object or shiny object syndrome, just to kind of spend money recklessly. I actually, I don't know, I spent it recklessly, but I think especially when STC first started out, but I think I could have been a little more wiser in where I was investing. And I think part of that is I had to figure it out, but definitely a bigger chunk of it was I was very... I think I was just scared things wouldn't work out, to be honest. And I was just wanted to kind of chase what seemed to resonate. The last thing is what I've noticed is, and this has actually happened a couple of times with STC, is when I've started to chase, start working on one project and then chase the next project, what inevitably happens is I get burnt out or I get too stretched too thin or I get really overwhelmed and I just stop taking any sort of action at all. And I was reading this. There were a couple of articles, blog posts that I had come across on shiny object syndrome. And just to be uh, completely honest, this idea of shiny object syndrome, I would have never actually realized. I think I would have had an idea of what this was, but I don't think I would have ever like said, oh, I fall into that or any of those things. But I was reading this couple of articles on Entrepreneur Magazine and are on the entrepreneur.com blog. And one of those articles, a mint calls shiny object syndrome, the disease of distraction. And I was just thinking about that. I was like, what an interesting phrasing, right? So it's almost like, in a way, our natural curiosity as entrepreneurs, as small business owners works against us. 
And what I actually wanted to do with the remainder of today's episode was actually just share five things that I've learned when it comes to dealing with shiny object syndrome. I feel like I'm still a work in progress. So every time I create these episodes, there's a part of me, I'm like, Mel, you're still trying to figure this out. I don't know if you should be talking like you're an expert on it. But, you know, I I do feel like I've learned things and hopefully this kind of helps you. So point number one is social media posts are a sliver of someone's life. Comparing your whole life to someone's social media post is going to usually leave you miserable and distract. For me, I notice that when folks, especially even our colleagues, even in the community, they would post about new things they were doing, whether it was like a retreat they were doing or a group they started or when they wrote their book, you know, I have dream of writing a book sometime, hopefully in my career. And when they would do these things, there was a part of me, I would feel really happy for them. But there was also this part of me that I would feel some kind of jealousy. And if I in those kind of moments, I try to dig a little bit deeper. It wasn't always easy because, you know, it's just, I think when you feel those icky kind of feelings, you kind of sometimes don't want to kind of ignore them. But when I dug a little deeper, what I noticed was that for me, it was at least insecurity about my abilities as a business owner, my insecurities and fears around where my business was headed. And it was just ultimately what I realized was I was operating from what I call a poverty mindset. So I was more scared to miss out on something rather than focusing on the path that I had and that made sense for my life. And one of the things that's been really helpful for me when I look at social media posts is to be able to take a step back and say, you know what, this is a wonderful opportunity to celebrate this person because I know how much work and effort and energy it takes to create something. And the fact that they did it, you know, I can be happy for them. But me being happy for them and what they're doing is not a indication of my self-worth or my competence as a business owner. Easier said than done, I know. But uh, I don't know. I think just like in all seriousness, I think just being able to step back and say, you know what, like all of us have, we see these things on social media. And if I can just learn to celebrate that, the opposite of poverty mindset is abundance mindset. So if I can come from a place of abundance and say, you know what, this person has done a great job and I can celebrate that with them. Point number two in terms of just working through shiny object syndrome is to focus on your one thing for a season. You know, one of the things that I realized is in just with all of these different podcast interviews, especially if you guys have heard private practitioners, everybody's journey looks a little bit different. Sure, there are some subtleties and I mean, uh, similarities, maybe they want their folks that you hear that want to start a group practice, or they want to start an individual practice, or maybe they want to write a book. But the details of that, the day to day stuff, right, looks a little bit different. Maybe, for example, someone is a single mom and is trying to start practice, right? And that's going to, her life is going to look very different than, I don't know, someone that's maybe has a year of savings, right? And has a significant other that has a great full-time job with benefits, right? And what I think you have to do is, what I've realized is you have to kind of, all of us have to 
pick that one thing, that one service, that one product, whatever it is that we're going to focus on, we have to focus on for a season. To be completely honest, I never actually thought about this idea. And in some ways, I actually took a lot of pride in my ability to multitask. And as I look back, and I still struggle with this whole idea of multitasking and all of that. But the reality is, you know, if we're trying to focus on multiple things at one time, it's very hard to give our full energy to that one thing each of those with equal energy. I know some of this sound may sound a little confusing and a book that has just really like changed my life and the way that I sort of view business and productivity is The One Thing by Gary Keller and Jay Papasan. And I probably read this book about four times. And if you guys actually check out episode 108 of the podcast, that's over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash session and the number 108. I actually did a review on that book and just shared some some of the things that I had taken away. And one of the things in that book they talk about is this idea of how easy it is to get distracted. And the real key thing is that you see with highly productive business owners is that they focus on one thing for a season. So I think for us as clinicians, again, this will probably look very different for you depending on where you are on your private practice journey. But it could be as simple as, you know what, I need to work on my website all the way to you know what, the next step I need to do is just focusing on hiring one or two clinicians. Or even the next step is, you know what, I've got my practice the way I want it. And right now I need to decide whether it's time for me to launch that course that I've always been thinking about so I can maybe create some additional income streams that I haven't be able to if I'm always, you know, kind of trading time to create income. The tip number three is, and this is kind of related to tip number two, but your practice and your business and your circumstances are unique to you. Own it. And for me, I have really, really struggled with this. I think STC, I don't know what I was actually thinking when I created it back in 2015. I know for sure that I could have never imagined it growing into what it has in just a couple of years. You know, the Facebook community now has over 7,000 members as I record this. I started a tiny email list when I started the podcast. I think I had like three people on the email list and that's now grown to over, I think, 5,300 as I record this. And it's just all of these different things. I launched a course in the middle of that. I'm working on a membership site now and all of these different things, you know, What I realized from my life was that private practice is going to look very different, you know, and I don't know if this is going to sound so weird, but I actually felt like kind of guilty and a little like weird because I realized that I just wouldn't have the time or the energy to build out a full large scale practice, which is actually one of my dreams before I started STC. But I think what I've realized is life and things happen in all of our lives and And I think one of the biggest things I've learned is just to be flexible and to say, you know what, private practice is going to be a part of my career, right? But it's not going to be the whole of my career. Would I have imagined it that way a couple of years ago? Probably not. And so I think for you, for each of you guys, your life, your circumstances are going to look different. Your practice is going to look different, right? Some of you will be perhaps working in a salaried position and you'll be doing part-time private practice. Some of you will create a solo practice and you will cap it at a certain number of clients or certain days of the week. Others of you will launch group practices where you will hire 
clinicians, many clinicians maybe, and you'll eventually become more of a CEO role, right? Others of you will create a small practice and then you will create some other income streams, whether it's a course or writing a book or doing paid talks or doing workshops and all of those different things. But I think at the end of the day, and I always, I think I struggle still to own this, but I think the greatest injustice we can do to each of ourselves is that we don't realize and we don't express gratitude for the circumstances that we're in. And instead of what I try to do was I try to be like, oh, all this stuff has happened. This is really nice. Now what I really want to do is this, right? And I don't know if that's always the best way to kind of approach it. So tip number four is to work through shiny object syndrome is keep a vault of ideas and review them quarterly or twice a year. This is actually something, I don't know how I heard about this, and maybe it was just something I thought, you know, this might be a good idea to do. But, you know, I feel like nearly all of us are very creative people. We are full of ideas, right? That's the entrepreneurial mind. And one of the things that I started noticing was in my life, actually, especially prior to STC, I would have a lot of really good ideas and I would never carry them out. And what started to happen was my kind of creative mind started becoming less active because it sort of like primed itself. I was like, oh, Mel may not actually follow through it. So what I actually started doing was you can do this either just on a sheet of paper. I do it through Evernote. And what I do is I actually have a folder in Evernote and then a note within that folder. I call the follow folder the vault. And it's just a place where I keep all of my different ideas, right? So some of the things that I want to do in my career, example, right? So do some kind of assessment, do individual counseling, launch a course, launch a membership site, write a book, do a paid talk do more webinars, all of these things that are potential things that can create revenue for our businesses. What I do is I write all of those different things down into this one sheet of paper. And what that for me, that does a couple of things. One, it acknowledges my creative mind that I'm actually writing this down. And then the other thing is it allows ideas to incubate and marinate over time. I read this book a couple of months ago, and it was an inside look at Apple. And I think I've mentioned this on a previous podcast. But Steve Jobs, like when a lot of Apple products, right, what we see is the one product that launches. What we often don't see is there are hundreds of other products and product ideas that never make it to the showroom floor. So I think for me, like realistically, what I've realized is all of us only have a certain amount of time and energy. All of us are building these businesses for a sense of freedom, usually, right? Income plus freedom. And because of that, we're not all going to be able to, in fact, I would say all of us are not going to be able to launch like 50 different things, right? And so writing it down on a sheet of paper and then kind of reviewing it quarterly or twice a year, that kind of helps me. So I'll, I'll write it down initially. And then when I review it, if it's still something that's piquing my curiosity, I'll kind of move it to the top of the list. And then I'll kind of see like, is this something I really want to work on? And then I'll let it incubate actually for another round as well, another three months or so. And if it's still something that's piquing my curiosity, I'll move it up to the priority list. And at that point, I kind of know what I need to be focusing on. And if, you know, for example, with the STC directory, I knew that probably about a year and a half ago now, I knew that I wanted to create something like a directory and also a place where we can actually 
hear like video conversations with practitioners about how they're building their practices, their day to day, something much more in depth than the podcast. And when I first came up with the idea, I was like, this is such a pipe dream now, right? So how in the world are you to do this with everything else going on? And when I would review things over and over during those quarterly months, that idea still kept coming up. And so I eventually over time, I that became kind of my one thing. And that's currently what I'm working on right now. And if you guys not to create this episode to promote it, but if you guys are curious about it, and some of the work I'm doing, you can check out sellingthecouch.com forward slash directory. So again, the fourth idea is keep a vault of ideas, review them quarterly. This allows all of us to honor our minds natural curiosity. And the last thing I just wanted to share was that I forgot where I heard this, but I just, this quote has really been helpful for me, which is saying yes to something usually means saying no to something else. And what I would add is that when we say no, it's both in terms of time and income. This is actually kind of hard. I don't know why I'm like getting emotional about this, but like, if I'm completely honest, like I'm people pleaser, you know, and I, and there is a part of me like, I want to keep everyone happy. You know, I want to say yes. And when people come up to me to ask to do some sort of a collaboration or when they need something done, you know, there's always a part of me. I just like, I want to be helpful. I know that they trust me. So I always want to try to make it happen. Right. And what I've realized now, especially building out STC is, you know, as opportunities come, right? Every opportunity may not make sense for me right now. It could be a wonderful opportunity, but it just in that season and just in the trajectory of my life, right? It just may not make sense. I think for all of us, like we struggle, I feel like maybe, hopefully I'm not alone, but I feel like all of us do struggle to this degree, right? So Here's the practical example, like for practice, right? We've started our practices and we have some individual clients and then we see, you know, somebody else doing some amazing things and they, you know, let's say they're built out a couple of therapy groups, right? And we're like, oh my gosh, that looks amazing and I need to do that. And But what we often don't see, right, with all of these things, right, we don't see the amount of time and energy it takes to create something. I've learned this with my course, Healthcasters, which I launched back in 2015. I had this dream of creating a course in a community for health, wellness, and fitness podcasters. And, you know, I just, as an entrepreneur, I think if I'm just honest, like I overestimated how impactful this would be, right? So as soon as I launched, there would be lots of folks that were interested. And there would just be people that would be ready to buy. And for me, I think in these two and a half years, Healthcasters has grown from when we first initially launched, I had somewhere, I can't remember the exact number, but I actually had about somewhere between 700 to 900 people on the sales page in the 10 days that it went live. And I had six people who actually decided to purchase and it wrecked me. I just thought, oh my gosh, I put in all this time and effort to building a course and uh, like, this is all. And I think what I've learned in these past couple of years, Healthcasters has now grown to a hundred and over, we're actually about to approach 140 members. And I just keep thinking, my gosh, like just everything takes time. And if I had just stopped, you know, none of this would have happened. So I think that relates to saying yes to something, but I think more than anything, I think I just wanted to share that because everything 
we see online is not always, it's just a sliver of someone's life. And they're usually with anything that is created. It, it takes a lot of time and a lot of energy. So I hope you enjoyed today's podcast conversation. I think, again, more than anything, I just wanted to share it because I know that there are a lot of us that struggle with what to do in our careers and, you know, struggle ultimately to own our voice and where who we are and how we kind of operate in the world. And more than anything, I hope that it encourages you. I jotted down some additional notes for you guys. You can find that over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash session and the number one, three, nine. Thank you again for taking the time to listen. And just a reminder that I feel like this year has flown by, but I will be taking a break from podcast episodes on the week of Thanksgiving and then all the way through December. We'll start episodes back up in January. So I've got about three more episodes to go for 2017. And yeah, just wanted to send you a reminder about that. Thanks for taking the time to listen. And I'm sure we're going to have a great conversation in the Selling the Couch community. If you haven't joined, please feel free to join us over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash community. It's absolutely free to join. I feel like this topic is one that I think resonates with a lot of people. And I think a lot of people struggle. And I think more than anything, I just wanted to start a conversation because it's okay. It's okay to not have it all figured out. And it's okay to be imperfect. And it's okay to be flawed as business owners. And but doesn't mean that we can't keep moving forward. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Okay. Bye bye. As we wrap up, I just wanted to take a moment to thank the team over at Theranest for supporting today's podcast session. Uh, Theranest is electronic health records that are used by thousands of our colleagues each month. And one of the coolest features that I actually wanted to talk a little bit about today was just fact of super bills, right? So if you guys have been in the Selling the Couch community, uh, you've seen folks ask for like copies of super bills and all of those different things. And so basically, I know that most of you guys know what a super bill is, but super bill is, if you don't know what it is, it's basically if you are an out-of-network provider, you actually provide a super bill to clients, which then and they can submit for re- possible reimbursement by insurance companies. And Theranos actually makes it super easy to actually create, print, and email these super bills to clients. So that way, and it actually tracks it. So you never actually have to worry about, you know, if let's say you're going through the entire day and you've got multiple clients and multiple super bills or something to take care of, it actually tracks everything for you. So you don't have to worry about missing a client session or forgetting to bill or something like that. You can learn more about Theranest and the awesome stuff they're doing over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thera Nest, and that's T-H-E-R-A-N-E-S-T. And again, that link gives you 20% off your first three months in addition to a 21-day absolutely free, no obligation trip. Thanks for listening to the Selling the Couch podcast. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit www.sellingthecouch.com. It's Melvin. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast session, especially if this is your second time listening to today's podcast session. I hope that it's given you some new insights that you can incorporate into your private practice. 
As we wrap up again, just wanted to share an invitation to consider joining us in the Selling the Couch directory, which you can find over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash directory. I actually wanted to use this time just to share uh, from my heart uh, kind of the big vision that I have for Selling the Couch. Uh, When I was in grad school, I had the opportunity to spend three weeks in Bombay, India, specifically in Kamatipura, uh, working with an NGO uh, that works in the red light district of Kamatipura. Kamatipura is the largest concentrated red light district in the world. And I just quickly wanted to share um, just two experiences that really uh, just shaped my heart and, and shaped kind of the vision that I have for uh, for selling the couch and just for my own life. Uh, the first story is that, you know, the first day we were there, we actually went into the red light district. Um, I was fortunate to go with several social workers that had built relationships in the red light district. And I remember um, one of them asked me if I actually wanted to go into a, a brothel. And this was like at 1 p.m., like right in the middle of the day. And I was kind of, you know, a little cautious, but I said, okay. And so I went in, um, and I'm 5'10", and so the door that I went in through, I mean, I literally had to uh, just crouch to get in even through the door. And we went up these stairs, and the stairs were so steep, and we got to the very top, and I just happened to look down this hallway, and there was uh, this this baby there. I mean, the baby was like maybe two or three years old. And uh, come to find out, uh, the mom actually had left the baby just outside the door because uh, she had a customer there and uh, just didn't want to expose the baby, you know, uh, to that kind of trauma. And you know, one of the things that I learned is sex trafficking and the red light district. It's a very complex, multifaceted aspect, right? So for example, you know, a lot of times these moms were sold into the sex trade by their own family because, you know, their family couldn't afford certain things. And so, you know, they may have had like a family friend or someone, an acquaintance say, you know, there's, there's some opportunities in this other town. And so, you know, if you can give us your daughter, we can give her these opportunities. And uh, it ends up, these people then usually sell them into the sex trade. And so then, you know, these women, a lot of times are, they're having um, just unprotected sex. And so they um, end up having kids. And, and then a lot of times these kids, they're trying to take care of these kids. And uh, this NGO, what they did is they decided to work with these women and said, you know, hey, we'll take your kids for you. We'll raise them up. We'll give them schooling. Um, we'll give them a safe environment. And so the majority of my time, um, I actually spend about five hours away at this school, at this academy. And uh, what I got to do is every day I got to spend time with the kids. I got to teach classes. And the second little story that I wanted to share was one of my most favorite memories was uh, going with the really young kids. And a lot of times these kids don't know who their fathers are, right? And what we would do is I would read them a bedtime story and just tuck them into bed. And I just saw uh, the joy on their faces because, you know, that was something they just never had before. And I could tell just how grateful they were to be there. And uh, I knew that after that trip, you know, what I often thought is, you know, I really hope I have the opportunity to do some things in the world, um, some big things. I never expected selling the couch to get as big and to grow to the level it has. And I imagine as it, as these years pass, it will continue to grow. And 
what's often weighed on my heart is, you know, what is the point of me creating this? Is it just to uh, create a bunch of podcast episodes or a bunch of blog posts or have a community that helps us in our private practice journey? Yeah, sure. That's an important part. But what is the bigger vision? And for me, it's, you know, using these resources that we've been given to make a big impact in the world. And so we're actually using 50% of the profits from STC directory sales to creating a scholarship fund for these kids and these men and these women who've been rescued from brothels so we can provide everything from tuition and books all the way to healthcare screenings and all of those different things. I have some big visions that, you know, as we continue to grow, including even trips in abroad into India where some of us can go there. Maybe many of us will go there and um, can't wait to share that with you. You can learn more about the directory over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash directory and more about um, some of the stuff that we're doing with sex trafficking. And be sure to enter the promo code podcast at checkout to get your first month absolutely free. Have a great rest of your day. Bye. So if you've been listening to the STC podcast for a while, or you've been listening to podcasts and you've had this thought of, Mel, I would love to launch my own podcast in order to grow my business. Just wanted to encourage you to check out our free podcasting workshop, which is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop. You can basically sign up at a day and a time that works for you. It's 90 minutes. And when I do these workshops or when I record them, I truly believe in the quality teaching, so it's going to be well worth your time. We're going to go through gear recommendations and how to launch strategically and how to think about monetizing your podcast and how to line up your podcast with your existing offers and how to do it strategically and authentically uh, and not salesy and slimy um, and all of those things. So again, the link is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop.